turn with me to John chapter 15. I'm going to make, I'm going to, before I read, I want to make a statement, okay? I want you to stay with me tonight. Uh, don't, don't, don't try to get out in front of me. Don't try to figure out where I'm going if you can. And there's going to, there's going to be some time when I'm teaching tonight that your, your mind is going to want to think this is negative, okay? If you'll stay with me, you're going to realize that's not where we're going, okay? But it, it could be easy to think that. So just ask you to be patient with me. Amen. That doesn't mean patient because we're going to be here a long time, but <laughs> patient with me before you decide, you know, where we're going, okay? Amen. And uh, so John chapter 15, we're going to read verses, start at verse 12. John chapter 15, verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another. Hmm. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You're my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Uh, thank you, uh, Brother Mike, for uh, listening to the Spirit of God. Amen, because I, I want to, Brother Mike led us in worship and praise, and, and we were uh, singing about love, and uh, I, want to, I want to teach for a little bit tonight on the greatest foe to love, or love's biggest enemy. What is the greatest hindrance to love? What above everything else will destroy love? What is the greatest enemy to love? We, 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 we sung about, and I mentioned a few minutes ago, talking about how God, everything that God does is because of love. And based on the motivation of love, and and uh, so, but what is the enemy to that love? But not just that love, okay? It's it's Jesus in this passage of scripture, and John is talking about loving one another, okay? So I want to take it that a little further as well as the love of God for ourselves. Turn with me to Luke chapter fifteen. I'm gonna tried to answer the questions that I've asked here at the beginning. Luke 15, verse 29, a very familiar passage of Scripture. Actually, this particular part of this story is probably not read as much as the first part of the story. 
Luke 15 talks about things that are lost, and uh, but at the end of the the stories that are told, we're going to pick up in Luke 15 verse 29, and the person speaking here is who we refer to as the elder brother. Luke 15, 29, and he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. I read this passage of scripture because in it, is really the essence or the answer to the question of what is the greatest enemy of love. What is it that this son is concerned with in this passage of Scripture? He uses certain words that help us to understand his focus. He says, I, me, and my. I serve thee. I never transgressed. You never gave me a kid to celebrate with my friend. His brother who was lost, his brother who, who apparently came home looking like a mess. I mean, he had spent this time in the pig pen. And maybe, maybe the brother didn't see, the, the older brother didn't see the younger brother when the younger brother came home. But the, the younger brother has returned and the older brother hears this party and wants to know what's going on. And they said... It's great, man. It's awesome. Your brother, who was lost, is now found. He was dead, but now he's alive. And he gets upset. He gets angry. He gets distraught. And he says this to his father. You see, I want to spend a moment or two, and this is where you have to be patient with me because I'm going to use a word that in our minds is extremely negative because it is a negative word. But I'm not trying to be negative, okay? So the enemy of love, the greatest enemy of love, is selfishness. First Corinthians chapter 13, a very familiar passage of Scripture, probably one of the most read Scriptures at weddings, at least one of them. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 7 says charity, and that word charity translated is love, so I'm going to use that word if I can. Love suffereth long. Love is kind. I'm going to add it where it's, uh, where it's obviously would be there as well. So love suffereth long. Love is kind. Love envieth not. Love vaunteth not itself. Love is not puffed up. Love doth not behave itself unseemly. Love seeketh not her own. Love is not easily provoked. Love thinketh no evil. 
Love rejoiceth not in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. Love beareth all things, love believeth all things, love hopeth all things, love endureth all things. Paul in his writing, and really for sake of time I won't necessarily go into it, but really Paul, in in my opinion, coming out of going into this particular chapter, Paul in the previous chapter is talking about, uh, in chapter 12, Paul is talking about the gifts, I'm sorry, yeah, he's talking about spiritual gifts, and he's talking about uh, how we envy the best gifts, or we envy these spiritual gifts, and, and I really think that Paul in his writing, in, ending in what we would call chapter 12, he starts off and says, I want, to, I want to express to you, I want you to understand what is the best gift. And he says that we should search for or seek for the best gift. And then he goes and talks about that gift, and that gift is love. And he begins to help us to understand why love is that best gift in chapter 13 of uh, this book that he writes to the church at Corinth. Jesus, in the passage that we started out with, says, No greater love than this, than a man lay down his life for a friend. No greater love than this, lay down your life. Amen. What does it mean to lay down my life? I mean, when you, when you read that passage of Scripture, you read the, the passage of Scripture there, and Jesus is saying, no greater loving. And most of us, most of us, okay, when we read that passage of Scripture, what is the first thing that we think of when Jesus says, no greater love than this, than a man lay down his life for a friend? Then he goes on and tells us, tells us that he considers us to be friends. So what is the thing that we go to? What do we think about? We think about Calvary, the cross. He's telling us, I'm going to the cross. That's, that's, that's what we think of. That's what my, my first premonition is to think about Jesus dying on a cross. He, he's laying down his life. So we think about this, this, this the final measure. Anyone that's a vet, a veteran will really understand what that term means. They gave their final measure. Spoken of a soldier that gives his life in battle, it says that he gave or she gave their final measure. And we think about this passage of Scripture where Jesus says, no greater love than a man laid down his life. And, and we think of this, the final measure. We think of, we think of our physical life. And, and if we're honest with ourselves, because that's what we think, we almost think that's, I can't love that much. I mean, I, I don't know that I've got that, but that's, that's not really what it really is just talking about. Let's take that passage of Scripture and let's put it together with Corinthians. Love says, I will lay down my hope for your hope. 
If I love you, if, I, if, I, if I'm trying to express love, no greater love than this, then I will lay down my will for your will. I will lay down my dreams for your dreams. A father loves their child, and how does a father express the love for that child? A father may have hopes. A father may, I want to do this. I want to be that. I, I want to meet these goals in my life. But, but for my children to have what they need, I have to put my dreams aside because of their dreams. Because of their needs, I've got to lay down my need. I've got to lay down my purpose for their purpose. That's, that's what Jesus is talking about. No greater love than I lay down my life. Sometimes, I'm going to be honest, sometimes it would be easier to physically lay down my life. Because i got to do it one time. And it's done. Check out. You're on your own. I'm not sure I'm going to stand in line and say, okay, I'm ready, but, but that would really be easier. But real love causes me to lay down my life every day. No greater love than this, that a man laid down I lay down my desires for your desires. Now, now that, that we, we can go in any direction with that. I say I love God. Okay, I say I love God. Jesus said no greater love than this. You lay down your life. Okay, I love God. Okay, then, then I should be saying I lay my will down for your will because I'm laying my life down. But, but, or, for a husband and a wife or children, parents to children or brother to sister, the church to a lost and dying generation. What is the enemy to love? The greatest enemy. Luke chapter 10 Verse 25 to 36, I'm going to read a little bit here. Very familiar passage of scripture. Don't worry, I'm not going to go through all of it. I just want to make sure we hear it. Luke 10, 25, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him. You know, you got to love a lawyer, right? I'm going to leave those lawyer jokes alone. All right, let's move on. Now it's getting ready to get carnal. Amen. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, well, what's written? Because in the law, because he was a lawyer, he knew the law. What's written in the law? How readest thou? What do you think? Answer your own question. Verse 27, and he answered and said, Well, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou, thou hast answered right. He's like, What are you asking me for? You know the answer to the question. 
You've answered right. That's, that's, that's the right answer. You get a little gold star on your paper today. But it's getting ready to get circled in red. Amen. <laughs> he said, thou was answered right. And, and uh, thou was answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. In other words, he said, okay, you got the right answer. Now do the answer. You know, the lawyer came to tempt Jesus, but I think it backfired on Brother Lawyer a little bit. So Jesus said, Here's what, what's the question? Okay, what do you think the answer is? Very good, that's the answer. Now go live what you preach. Oh, wait a minute. So now the lawyer, he's going to ask another question. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down to Jerusalem, and went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he saw and when he was at that place and came and looked at him, he passed on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him, and he bound up his wounds, and he poured in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to the inn, and took care of him. In verse 35, And when the morrow, and on the morrow, when he departed, he took two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Verse 36, Jesus says, Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? I've read that story and it ju I just saw something I've never seen before. The lawyer said, okay, who am I supposed, who, what, how do I get to heaven? What's the law? Jesus said, what's the law say? You're a lawyer. Love the, hero is the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord with all the heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, that's good. That's what you should do. And he said, okay, well, who, who, who is my neighbor? The lawyer said, who is my neighbor? And Jesus goes through this parable, and at the end of the, the phrase there, I never saw this, I never paid attention to this. The, the lawyer said, who's my neighbor? But Jesus says, which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? There, there's a slight change there. The lawyer wants to know who's my neighbor, but Jesus basically said, who was his neighbor? 
Because the real question the lawyer should be asking is not who is my neighbor, but am I a neighbor? I'm going to have to think about that another time. I, don't, I can't go down that road yet. I like that, though. I'm going to have to ponder that at another place. So who showed love to the man? The man that finds himself overtaken by thieves, beaten, and left for half dead. Not three-quarter dead, not a quarter dead. He was half dead. I'm not sure how you can be half dead, but if Jesus said you're half dead, I guarantee you this, you are halfway close to dying. You're almost, you're halfway there. Kind of teeter-tottering on the edge. Don't know which way this thing's going to go. You ever felt like that? I'm not sure. Kind of rocking back and forth. This could be it. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Someone don't help a brother. Says, I'm done. And Jesus said, who, who asked about who showed the man love? So who showed the man love? Did the priest? Okay, so let's go back to love. Lay down your life. Did the, what, did the priest do any life laying down? The priest laid down nothing. The priest said, I got to go to the other side. He went on the other side of love. Mm. He went on the side of the enemy. He, he, he was not on the love side. He was on the enemy side of love. That self side. I'm just going to say half the word. He was on the self side. So, so how about the Levite? Did, did the Levite show love? Nope, Levi didn't show no love either. He went on the other side. He went on the same side as the priest, on that side of self. Then Jesus, you know, <clears throat> Jesus had a way about himself. I know, I know Jesus is love, Jesus is kind, Jesus is gentle, but Jesus, he, he knew how to kind of just tweak someone just about right. He could have said a lot of things, but he had to say, along came a Samaritan. You know, it wasn't a, just any old guy coming down the road. He didn't say, here come Frank, here come Sam. He said, here came the Samaritan. Because he was trying to say something without saying something. And they heard what he said. So he said, there, there came the Samaritan, the Samaritan the Samaritan did what? The Samaritan set aside his life to help the man who fell among thieves. He laid down his life. He laid down whatever his journey was, wherever he was going, whichever way he was going on the road. I don't know if he was going to Jericho or going to Jerusalem, 
He was going one way or the other, right? But he stopped where he was going. He got down in the ditch. He gave up. He laid down his life. He gave up his, his, his oil and his wine. Brother gave up his wine. You know, that's saying something right there. I'm going to leave that alone. Might get carnal again. <laughs> but his oil and his wine poured it in there, cleaned him up, bandaged him up, put him on his donkey, carried him down to the end, took care of him at the end, stayed with him all night, didn't just drop the brother off at the emergency. <laughs> whoop, 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 he is yours. No, he didn't do that. Took him down there, made sure he had a nice warm bed, got him something to eat. You all right? Can I get you a pillow? Let's prop those feet up. You gotta, can't go into shock. And he took care of him all night. The next day, the brother wasn't ready to travel, so he told the innkeeper, here's a couple bucks. I need you, I need you to look after him. I really, I laid down, you know, as much as I can. I got, I got an appointment. The brother's already late. Okay, I got to go. Here's what I can do. I'm going to give you what I got. Take care of him. And you got my, you know, I got a tab here. Because I come up and down the road every day. All the time. You know my tab. We're, we're good. Put whatever he needs on my tab. Don't put it on his tab. Put it on my tab. And when I come back, I'll make sure we're square. But he laid down his life for his friend, I mean, for a stranger. And so Jesus said, as he tells the story, he's saying in this story to answer the question, who is my neighbor? He's telling them, this is your neighbor. <clears throat> now we're talking about love, right? We're talking about the enemy of love. Can, I'm going to make a statement here. Okay, Jesus just talked about who your, neighbor with, who your neighbor is. Listen, real close. Sometimes your neighbor lives in your house. You know, sometimes we're all about my neighbor. You know, going to help the neighbor. That we're gonna we're gonna reach that bro brother uh, Lewis, you know, gonna go out there and reach those folks. You're you know talking to the neighbor, but brother Lewis, sometimes the neighbor's at your house. Sometimes we get so caught up loving our neighbor. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in loving our neighbor. That we don't love our neighbor, our close neighbor, the neighbor in the room next to our room, or maybe the neighbor in the bed with us. I'm just saying. Our neighbor, we, we the body of Christ, this is our house, right? 
I'm going to let you know right now, our neighbors right here in this place. Our neighbors, our brothers, our sisters, the people that we, that we fellowship with, the people that we go to church with, the people that we worship with, the people that we, we say we're trying to reach the lost with, man, we'll bind up hand in hand, lock elbows and shoulders to reach the lost, but then we'll not be real neighborly in, in, with one another. I'm just, I'm, I, I, didn't, I didn't make up this parable. Jesus, you got to blame him. I'm just the one telling the parable. I didn't, I didn't make it up. You know, because sometimes we're priests and, oh, Lord, sometimes we're priests and Levites because, you know, we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You know, we'd be a royal priesthood and not be neighborly. Mm, Lord. Let me, let me check. I, I don't think that's in there. Nope, that wasn't in my notes, so you can't blame me for that one. Amen. For sake of time, I'm not going to read this next story, but then there's this other guy. There's other, I talk about this guy all the time. I, when, I, I, when I get to heaven, I am so hoping, I'm so hoping when I get to heaven, I can find out this guy's name. Because I've been calling him rich young ruler all his life. Well, all my life. His life was a long time ago. <laughs> I just know him as a rich young ruler. I preach about this guy all the time. Because I don't want to be that guy. I hope. I pray. I really do. I pray that the rich young ruler was one of the 3,000 on the day of Pentecost. I hope the brother got it all put back together okay. Don't know if he did. I'm hoping I get to heaven and I look up, rich young ruler. Oh, look, it was Frank. Hey, Frank, you made it. What's up, brother? I'm really hoping that's what happened. But the rich young ruler asked the same question that the lawyer asked. They must have known one another. The rich young ruler asked, what good master, he comes running up, good master, what do I got to do to be saved? What what do I got to do? And the Lord tells him all this stuff. He says, man, I've done all that. I'm good to go. He said, wait a minute, one thing thou lackest. We got to talk about the enemy, okay? We done talked about the positive stuff, rich young ruler, with your, you know, $300 shoes. No, my boots did not cost, well, maybe they did. No, my boots did not cost $300. <laughs> I'm not talking about me. So, so the rich young ruler, because I'm not young. <laughs> and Lord knows I'm not rich. <laughs> not, in, not in this life anyway. Amen. So, so uh, man, I done lost my train. Let me get back over here, see if I can get back on track. Okay, rich young ruler. So he came to Jesus. Jesus said, you know, follow commandments. He said, I've done all that. He lists some commandments. He says, I've done all that. He said, but one thing thou lackest. Go sell everything you got. Give it to the poor and follow me. The Bible says he went away sad. He went away sorrowful. 
Because the enemy of love said, that's more than I can pay. The enemy of love stops the rich young ruler from getting to the place that he wants to get to. How do I get eternal life? How do I, how do I complete this journey? How do I, how do I? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Love me. How do I love God? I've got to lay down my life. Here's what he's telling the rich young ruler is getting told by Jesus. And, and the rich young ruler goes away because of self. That's more, that's, I, I can't do that. That's why I say I hope, I, I really hope that at some place, because, you know, let's, let's be honest. How many times has Jesus talked to you about something, talked to me about something, and said to us, here's the cost. <laughs> and I'm going over here. I really didn't think out that question before I asked you, Lord. Whether I ask him or not, the quest, the answer is still the same. But, but, you know, we go away. We go away because it's too much. We go away and the Lord just starts talking to us. The Lord starts coming back to us and we want that and he's told us the cost and we want that and he, he's told us the cost and, and we're battling with the enemy of love. If we're honest with ourselves, we battle with self. Jim would be a whole lot happier if he didn't have to deal with Jim. I'd be a whole better person if I didn't have to deal with myself. But this guy is always in my head. Everywhere I go, there he is. I want that. I want this. Do this. Do that. Go here. Come there. I know. No, I know. We've had this conversation. I know you don't talk to yourself, but I do. All of, all of my personalities. <laughs> I got some crazy voices up in my cranial. I just got to tell them, you got to be quiet. Self, self's got all kinds of tones. Maybe your self's only got one. Mine's got all kinds of tones. Sometimes they're sweet, sometimes not so much. Always in my head. But the enemy of love is selfishness, okay? So let me ask another question. What is the, sin, what is the center of all sin? Let me read a passage of Scripture. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. This is an angel we're going to read about. Isaiah 14 and 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? 
How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nation? Verse 13. For thou hast said in thine heart. This is what Lucifer said. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Verse 14, I will ascend above the highest of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Five times, Lucifer makes this declaration, I will. This is what I'm going to do. This is my decision. This is, this is what is going to happen. I declare I'm going to do this. Five times. And because of that, Lucifer is kicked out of heaven. I can, I can almost hear the conversation. Can, can almost see God. I know God's everywhere, all places, all times. God is the spirit. Okay, just go with me, okay? But you can see God if you look real close. And he kind of twitches his head a little bit. You know, you want to make sure you heard what you think you heard. You know, parents, you, you know what I'm talking about. Little cute self says something. And God kind of gives Lucifer a what did you say look. You will, will you? Okay. Let's see how that works out for you. And he kicks him out. I'm going to make a statement. Now I'm going to kind of bring this so that it's the positive side of what I really want to talk about. So I read that passage of Scripture because I want to make this statement. Sin is the fruit of the enemy of love. Sin is the fruit of selfishness. What we see in Lucifer is the fruit of what was inside of him. What we see in the rich young ruler is the fruit of what was inside of him. What we see of the priest and the Levite, we see their fruit. You know, we... You, I've said this many times, and I, and I think it's accurate, so I'll say it again. We, we, we can't judge one another 
We, we honestly, we can't even judge ourselves. But we can be fruit inspectors. You shall know them by their fruit. We shall know ourselves by our fruit. And so sin, he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, what is it? It's sin. We, we want to make sin this deep, dark, treacherous thing. But sin is just the fruit of selfishness. That's all it is. All sin. I don't care, I don't care what sin it is. No, little Susie, you cannot have that Oreo. I'm going to put them on top of the refrigerator so you're not tempted. Little Susie waits till big Susie leaves the room. And little Susie gets the chair. Little Susie gets the clothes hamper to put on top of the chair. Little Susie climbs her sweet little self up to the top and gets that Oreo. Why? Because little Susie wants what little Susie wants. And that is sin. The root of selfishness. I'm not the root, the fruit. Even though the root, I mean the fruit is in the root, but that's another story altogether. So what must I do was the question of the lawyer and the rich young ruler. Love God. And really what, if I can say it this way, love God and love what God loves. That's really who's my neighbor. It's who God loves. Love God and love what God loves. That's, that's the answer to the question. The answer to the question of love is love, or of what must I do? I must love God and love, love as God loves. Love as God loves. Now sometimes, okay, let me just throw this little caveat in there. Sometimes love requires strong talk or straight talk or tough actions, okay? Love's not always this fluffy kind, you know. Sometimes love requires some things. I'm not talking about that, okay? And I'm just going to leave that there just so you know what I'm talking about. So I want to finish up by this. If So if sin is the fruit of selfishness, and we need to guard ourselves. That's what I really want to talk about the last few minutes here. We need to guard ourselves from the enemy, the enemy of love. Okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not teaching tonight because I feel like the Lord is trying to say to us, you're selfish people. I don't think that's the motive of what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is, I want us to understand what is, we want to love 
like God tells us to love. We want to, we want to, answer, we want to fulfill the answer to the question that the, that the lawyer asked and the rich young ruler asked, amen? How do I get eternal life? How do, how do I get to the end of this thing intact? Because sometimes, let's just be honest, sometimes that's all we're really trying to do. I'm just trying to get the end of this thing in one piece. I'm trying to get to this end, to, to the end of this thing. Like Paul, Paul said, Paul said, I don't want to preach to others and, my, and yet find myself to be a castaway. I don't, want, I don't want to do all this stuff and in the end I end up, you know, not, not being where I need to be. So how, how do I get to it? Well, love God, love thy neighbor, love thy... So, so we have to guard against, if the enemy of love is selfishness, we have to guard against selfishness. Okay, we don't... We, even as I say that word, that word is... And I understand it, we take offense. I'm not selfish. I'm not selfish. Don't call me Selfish. I give, I do this, I'm not selfish. Brothers and sisters, we're all, we're all got self. We all, we all are not Jesus. We all are still in this humanity. And that's what we're, this, Jim has, Jim's got Jim to deal with. Self. I got to deal with self. There are some days when I get up when I just do not feel like being nice. I know none of you would believe that. My wife would say, oh, yeah. Sometimes that brother needs to go back to bed. Neither side of the bed was the good side. Just get back in don't get out. The wrong side was whatever side I'm getting out of that day. I know y'all spiritual folks don't deal with that. But I, I got this thing called self. And sometimes, I, so how do I guard against self? Okay? So if sin is the fruit of selfishness, then we need the fruit of the Spirit. We, we, we have to, the only way we can guard against selfishness is allow the fruit of the Spirit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit. <coughs> Love. I could teach for hours just on the fruit of the Spirit. Trust me. Don't worry. I'm not going to teach on any of the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. So relax. It's 8.23. Okay, I looked at the time. We're in good shape. You'll be done before they're done. Lord, help me not be a false prophet. (laughs) 
Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Now, all of those aspects of the fruit of the Spirit have this one thing in common. They have nothing to do with selfishness. All of these words, all of these aspects of the fruit of the Spirit are not self. Love. Joy. It's not talking about having joy, but it's about giving joy. Expressing, presenting, peace, patience. 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 Does anyone here have a child named Patience? Good. Because Lord, don't name your child Patience. Because <laughs> you're not going to have any. <laughs> She's going to test yours. Amen. Patience. Patience and selfishness, they can't even be on the same block with one another. Let alone the same person. If, if I'm struggling with patience, guess what? There's some selfishness going on. Right? So how do we guard? How do we guard? We, we guard or we, 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 we battle against. Let me say it that way. How do we battle against the, the, the enemy of love? We battle against the enemy of love with the fruit of the Spirit. I, it's not my love. It's not my patience. It's not my gentleness. It's not my kindness. If I'm any of those things, if, if any of that's coming out of me, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Now, there are some people, there are some people, okay? There are some people. I'm just going to leave it there. No, I'm not. There are some people, we're talking positive. There are some negative people where I would just say, yeah, there are some people. But we're not talking about those people. We're talking about these people. There are some people, man, they're just sweet people. I'm married to one. Opposites attract. I'm going to tell you that right now. I am loud. She is quiet. I am rambunctious, boisterous. She is meek and mild 99% of the time. Unless you push that button. As long as you leave that button alone, you're okay. I'm not going to tell you what that button is. 
I'm only teasing my wife. So, so there are some people that they're, they're, their nature, if you will, you know, and I think that's unfair. But also, I'm kind of glad, you know, because now when the fruit of the Spirit is working in me, it's obvious that that's Jesus. There's some folks when 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 they do when you look at them, you ain't sure is that Jesus or you? Because we know you're nice anyway, but I just want to make sure. With me, there's no you know, that's the Holy Ghost in that brother. If you knew me before I knew him, you wouldn't like me. Some of you know me after I know him and you don't like me. I know me after I knew him, and I know I don't like me. I can't even be in the same room with me sometimes. So I leave. <laughs> the problem is I follow myself wherever I go. <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit. So when we're, when we're struggling with self, because we all struggle with self, okay? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying this so we can go out of here and say, oh, oh, I'm such a selfish person. No, we all got self. We all deal with self. It's okay. It's all right to, 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 to admit I got self in me. Hey, man, I talk about this guy, and I just looked over and saw Brother Kimbrell. Brother Kimbrell is one of those people. I worked for Brother Kimbrough for 16 years. In those 16 years, <clears throat> on multiple occasions, if he would be honest, he would tell you stories of me interacting with support people at Microsoft or somewhere. And there could have been some voice octave inflectuations going on and some tonage. Could have been. But I would hear Brother Kimbrell on the phone with those people. So kind, so patient, and I would get so upset. <laughs> Brother, you just gotta tell them. <laughs> He's one of those people. <laughs> and it is the fruit of the Spirit. He was just better at letting the fruit of the Spirit in his life than me. So, so when we struggle and we see self, it's okay. How do we guard against it? We don't just say, well, that's who I am. That's, that's, my, that's, my, that's my nature. That, you're right, it is. But the question is, what do I got to do? 
love the Lord thy God with all thy, and love thy. And the only way we can do that is through the fruit of the Spirit. It's the only way. The only way we're going to heaven is with the fruit of the Spirit. The only way that we're getting through this thing and, and we're beating the enemy of love, the enemy of our relationships, let's stand. The enemy of, of our existence, the only way that we're going to succeed in getting through that is with the fruit of the Spirit. And when that other fruit shows up, that's okay. It's not okay that it stays, but it's okay. You just take that fruit off the tree and you throw it away and get some good fruit. Okay, that fruit, that we don't need that fruit. And and when when I find myself struggling, and I know you're not me, but when I find myself struggling with self and and how I respond to any given circumstance, I, I need to ensure that my response is, I, I want to be more like Jesus, more like God. When I said earlier that God, everything that God does, everything that God does in our life, through us, every decision that God makes is based on the motive <coughs> of love. If I have to make a decision, if I have to, when my, when my children were young, I'm going to quit with this. When my children were young, because of my life growing up as a child, I, I learned or saw certain things. I, when my children were born and they came into this world and they got to the age where, okay, they're going to, self is going to be in them. <clears throat> and I got to deal with self. I made a decision. And that decision was I would never discipline my children while I was angry. And because of my background, I, we, we, we had like, you know, in the, when I was in the Navy, we had this thing called the UCMJ. The book said, this is what you do, this is what you get. It, you know, it laid it all out. You act up, this is, this is what's going to happen. So we had a UCMJ in my house. You do this, you get five swats. You know that going in. Do what you got to do, but you know that going in. Five swats, three swats, one swat. 
Whatever, whatever. There was, there was a code. Punishment was not meted out when I was angry. And this is what you get. We all are, we're all on the same sheet. I did that because I was motivated by love. I did not want self to be engaged in that disciplinary action. There were days, I'm just going to be real with you, there were days, three or four days, go down the road, kids are waiting because the brother's still too upset. Ooh, if I beat you now, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm only kidding, sort of. <laughs> so... <laughs> But it's, I was motivated. I had to make decisions based on the motivation of love. I want all of my decisions. So when I say something or do something, there have been times when I've had some kind of a conversation, I'll say it that way, when afterwards the fruit of the Spirit began to talk to me. And the fruit of the Spirit will ask me this question. Did you say that out of love or did you say that out of self? Can we talk about something else? Because if I answer the question, I said that out of self, now I need to go make amends. I need to go make that right. Because my motivation was self. It wasn't love. So the enemy of love is selfishness. Not that we're selfish, we're just self. We're just full of self. Amen? We love God, amen? amen? Amen, let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for your grace, your mercy. Lord, I thank you for your orchestrating this day, this word. Lord, even from the very outset this morning, our pastor sent out a realm post to help us understand Paul and his greetings of love and his motivation of love. Lord, the songs tonight uh, during worship were leading us about love and then the word that you had directed us to talk about tonight is about your love. Lord, not to focus on the, the enemy. We just want to know who that enemy is. We just want to know what that enemy is so that we can guard against it. Lord, because we have your spirit, and we want the fruit of the spirit to be made manifested in our lives. Lord, each one of us, as we leave this place, if there are any areas of self that we need to allow the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, to be made more perfect in, I ask you to lead us and guide us in those things. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. 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 You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Greet one another in Jesus' name.